it's curtain time for another Waxing Lyrically. This is your announcer, Kurt Schneider, inviting you to find your seat, silence your cell phone, and join us on this journey into the actor's mind. From the Waxing Lyrically Studios, located inside the beautiful Brownwood Lyric Theater, please welcome your host for today, Paul Underwood. Hello and welcome to another Waxing Lyrically. Man, it's been a while since I've had an interview. i kind of out of practice here. Today we've got a special treat for you. This is somebody I've wanted to have a long-form interview with for a long, long time. But I was kind of waiting for this moment <laughs> and this show to get it done. You know, we talked briefly during uh, our Mama Mia mm-hmm. interview, and we'll get to that a little bit later. If you hadn't figured it out by now... Welcome Billy Harvey, the director of Elf, which takes the stage December 3rd. Yeah, which is coming around really quick. Yes. Now, I asked her to send me a quick little bio, and I waited for it. And then she said, well, I emailed it to you, so I'm just kind of <laughs> going off the fly here. I did get the email, Billy. All right, let's go over it here. Graduated from Breckenridge High School. Yeah. That's that school with the weird oil, Derek, right behind the yes. stands. Uh, well, and also in our parking lot in the, in the high sc- at the high school. Um, and then there's one in between some of the buildings. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, nothing gets in the way of that oil No, money. the smell is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> she double majored, ladies and gentlemen, in theater and history from Hardin-Simmons University. And you started teaching theater and social studies at Abilene Christian High School. Mm-hmm. While you were working on your master's um, in history, Mm -hmm. and I think now you're trying to work on a doctorate. Is that correct? No, I'm just working on my principal certification. Okay, okay, all right. Um, Taught at Breckenridge, taught at Ranger College, taught theater and speech and debate for seven lovely years at Bangs High School. I just can't imagine you not in that role. Right. But just this year, Billy Harvey moved up into the assistant principal position at uh, Bangs Middle School and High School. Mm-hmm. Welcome, Billy. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. How do you... Now, we've talked about your transition, mm-hmm. and uh, you said it's been pretty seamless as far as that goes. It's kind of crazy how well-prepared running a theater department has been <laughs> for getting me uh, to where I am as an administrator now. Yeah. So. Let that be a lesson to you. You know, those theater degrees are not worthless. Oh, you know, no, because no, 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 you no, get, no. You get... I use those skills every single day. Yeah, you may day. not be a star on Broadway, but, right. the, but the skills you learn in that are so <laughs> so very vital. Yeah, so mom and dads, when your kid comes home and says they want to major in theater, please don't shun them. There you and go. And tell them, no, you need to do something practical because... Well, even Jonathan. Jonathan was a theater major on top of psychology, and he uses his degree every day, too. So it is very useful. One of my daughter's uh, classmates, Callie Stinson, I think, is running the theater department. And you say you've kind of made a conscious effort to kind of hands off and and stay away and let her just do her magic, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. Yeah. And um, uh, because, you know, you don't want to create a weird you know, imbalance of power, you know, because the kids are familiar with me. Um, and they want to come to me, but I'm like, nope, she's your director now, and you trust her. Everything's going to be fine because I trust her. So, Okay, I mentioned Elf coming up yes. December 3rd, and um, I know a little bit about this show, yeah, too, you do. and we'll get to that a little <laughs> bit later. Uh, but let's just talk about some general production questions that mm-hmm. I have for you as a director of Elf. What to you is the biggest challenge in bringing this show to life on the lyric stage? I think inherently there is an expectation because the Will Ferrell movie oh, is yeah. so um, well ingrained in our holiday like blood now. Like it is, it's one of those movies that everyone watches every single Christmas. It's yes. now part of the rotation, and Buddy is an icon. Yeah, and so bringing. Uh, expectations of what Buddy's like onto a stage in a Broadway musical setting is is always a challenge. And Elf has kind of, you know, if I'm following the uh, the progression here, I'm thinking, 
you know, Wonderful Life. You mm-hmm. know, that was the Christmas movie. Right. And then in the late 70s, it kind of moved into that funky Christmas story, which we did, yes. uh, uh, I think, last, last year. year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the You'll Shoot Your Eye Out deal. And, then, you know, then a lot of people watched uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, yes. which I don't think has been made into them. It probably has somewhere. There's no, probably... I don't think so. That would be kind of, <laughs> that would be odd, but fun. Yeah. And now, Elf, and you're, and you're so right. You know, that is one of my favorite Will Ferrell movies. Mm-hmm. And the thing that struck me about the script that I think is so funny is that, you know, if, you, if you're familiar with Will Ferrell and his work and how he works as an actor, you know, a lot of times they just keep the camera running and he's supposed to say something and he'll say like a dozen things, you know, you smell like beef and cheese or whatever he right. says. Or, you sit on a throne of lies. Well, he came up with 10 or 12 yeah, other he's ones. he's very big on improv. So yeah. just... And so now all that improv work that he did is like... It, it made its way into the script, yes. which is so funny because, yes. you know, there's another dozen lines they could have used that you probably saw if you watched the outtakes. Right. But no, it's those mm-hmm. those beautiful lines that are in the movie now, which it, to me, I, th- I find that very funny. And um, do you have a favorite little nugget of dialogue from this show that you just <laughs> crack up every time? Um, I absolutely adore when the manager says, I can't lie, it makes me tingle. <laughs> I can't lie, it makes me tingle. That's in the middle of a song. It's in the middle of a song, and then we get to end the show with it, too. So <laughs> that just shows you how powerful and impactful it is. Like, that line cracks me up. Like now, every time, I, it doesn't matter. I, I've heard it. I've directed the junior version of this show, yeah. and it's in that show and in this one, and I still laugh every single time. That's great. And as far as the dialogue goes, it is some funny dialogue. And um, uh, Buddy the Elf doesn't have all the funny lines no, either. No, it's and really spread out. As a matter of fact, that's why I took the role that because I didn't audition, but somebody dropped out, and Billy's like. We need you to play Chadwick and and an elf and a fake Santa. And I said, I'll do Chadwick. Yeah, <laughs> I made it work. <laughs> because I looked at the lines and and he does. Chadwick's got some hilarious lines. You you know, if you're familiar with the movie, it's all about a you know a book publishing company and Chadwick is an employee of Buddy's dad and. He and uh, another character are tasked with with trying to come up with an original Christmas story for children. And uh, Chadwick has some very funny lines involving vegetables there. Yeah, I think you have your character's got an obsession with the produce section. (laughs) Yeah, we talk a little tomatoes and some asparagus. asparagus. And yeah, so uh, that's why I agreed ultimately to take the role. Um, Having a great time. I didn't know I would have to be in so much choreography, though. This show has so much dance. Like, you wouldn't think about it, but you, you know what? Mamma Mia, you think, is a dance show, oh, right? Yeah, like, Mamma yeah. Mia, it's like, ABBA, of course you're dancing. This show has more dance than yes. Mamma Mia did, so it is definitely a a lot. But it's really fun. I think that Tommy's done a really great job. And yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about uh, the the people under you yeah. that aren't going to be seen on stage and how vital they are here mm-hmm. in a few minutes. Um, Billy, why did you want to be involved in this particular show? I love this show. It's probably one of my favorite scripts ever, and Christmas is my jam. Like, mm-hmm. I'm that person that as soon as Halloween is over, Christmas music is on. Like, <laughs> that's me. Like, I love Christmas, and so this show is is not only um, because it's Christmassy because I love yeah. it, but I love this script. It makes me so warm, and it takes you on a journey. Yeah. Like, you, like there's some moments that you're like really sad, and you just feel filled down and then immediately picks you back up which is you know that's the holidays so i love the show it's funny and it's warm and just everything about it now as i was preparing to to talk with you for this show um i had like the bigger why question in this not necessarily this show but why anybody would want to take on this it's not for the money Oh, no, 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 because no. you don't because the lyric doesn't pay the directors a whole heck of a lot. You, <laughs> no. It's got to be something that's in your blood. I love directing um, more than I love acting. Really? Yeah, because 
And I'm also that director that when the show opens and then it's over and everybody's clapping, I'm going and hiding in the corner. Because <laughs> it's not that I don't like people, but yeah. I I like watching everybody else get their props because I may have like ideas and I may want a vision, but at the end of the day, it's all of the technicians and the actors who make that come to life and creating that world is what excites me. But then I like to just step back and let everybody have their day. So we've got some other people um, that are on this cast list here down at the bottom, Billy, and these are some more that will not be seen on stage. And let's just talk about some of these and, you know, the importance on bringing Elf to life on the stage. Musical director Dean Kiesling. Dean's probably one of the most incredible music directors I've ever worked with. And he has a really good mind for scheduling people and getting exactly what you need out of them. When I talked to him and and Tommy, this was the first time I've ever had a music director and a choreographer. I've always been by myself. I've wow. always done everything. Because when you, when you work at smaller schools... You're just used to that. Yeah, you're used to that. And so I was just like, look... Um, this I can do. These two things I am mediocre at best. Yeah, um, yeah. So I trust y'all inherently and go. And so I, I let them, you know, take the reins on the things they know more than me. And I and I, I wanted them to fulfill their artistic, mm. you know, vision for those things. Yeah, and the brilliance of Dean, and you and you know this, and I know that uh, the lead Matthew McNeese appreciates this, is because you know we get the music for this. It mm-hmm. all comes on a track. But Dean's ability to figure out, okay, we need to lower that some for our singer. Or slow because, it down. Yes. Yeah. He is a true musician with that track. Yes. So uh, thank you, Dean Keesling. Now, you mentioned Tommy Bailey mm-hmm. is choreographer. Yes. And something we've really never really had before, like you mentioned, that yeah. person that's just come in that's so capable. And the way she teaches it is is really incredible for the layperson. Yeah. Um, because she chunks it. Yes. Um, which makes it easier for people who this is not what they do this is not what they've grown up doing uh, to get and actually look pretty masterful by the time production happens yeah i texted tommy after uh, she taught us one of our pieces of choreography a couple of nights ago and just thanked her for the job that she does and it's amazing to me to watch her mind work and, and put all that together in the chunks you were talking about she just texted back well i think my mind just works differently than most and um, you know that's true and it probably has to be that way yeah and and what's what's really pretty awesome about both of them and in this you can tell in dean because he is an educator a lot of times what you think is going to happen in your head and on paper yeah is one thing and then when you get on stage and you start doing it and you're like oh this is wrong and both of them are really incredible at on the fly like changes yeah Uh, Like, okay, this didn't exactly come out the way I planned. Okay, okay, give me a second. And then, and then they work it out. And so both of them are really, really good at that. And that's, that's, that's what makes creative people successful is being flexible. If you're not flexible, then, then usually you, you fail. Talk about your right-hand man, Doug Turner, relatively new to the stage manager job. Yes. In fact, brand spanking new. He showed up at auditions and said, hey, I just want to help out. And I was like, you want to be my stage manager? And he was like, what? I said, don't worry, I'll train you. He's like, okay. (laughs) And he is, and he is so attentive and calm and supportive. Uh, He checks on me every day just to see how I'm doing. You know, like, do you need anything? I'm like, yeah, I'm great. It's it's crazy. But he has some great ideas that I have stolen. (laughs) Um, He'll be like, hey, this is just me because it's crazy and I I don't know anything about this world, but what do you think? And I'm like, actually, that's a really damn good idea. (laughs) So I take it and, and we manipulate it. And he's just really good at, I'll say, I want. I want something, but I don't know how to do it. And he's like, well, give me a little bit. Yeah. And then like two hours later, he texts me. He's like, okay, I think I figured it out. Yeah. So he's he is going to be an asset in that 
in that position for this this theater. So. Yeah, he, he, Doug's another one, and of course his whole family. Um, of course, Aaron is just uh, you know he's like the lyric mascot now. And but, I get uh, to be his first show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, little Aaron is going to be. I think all eyes are going to be on that uh, beautiful redheaded boy when he's on yep, stage. Yep. Um, let's talk about the costumes. Elisa Hinton is work, working on those costumes. Yes, she is, and this is also her first time yeah. uh, to do costumes for a show. I really wanted to grow our base. Yeah. And I think the more um, volunteer pool that we have in tech is vital for our success. And um, the the ones who usually do it are incredible, but they get burned out, you know, because you're like, boom, 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 show after show. And the more that we branch out and train more people then we become stronger, and, and that's that was my goal. So. Yes. I, if you're a lyric performer, you know how vital and important all these roles yes. are. If, if you're a lyric patron or somebody just enjoys going to the shows um, – you need to know, and you mm-hmm. need to you need to seek these people out if you see them up here in the theater and tell them, hey, I really appreciate you, yeah. you know, stepping up and doing this because you know these shows wouldn't be possible, or Billy's stress level would be <laughs> at eleven, you know, without these people. Yes. And uh, I don't know if this is a prop-heavy show, but you got Val Nelson helping uh, get that prop table arranged. Um, Yeah, it's not a huge prop-heavy show, but it's a very prop-specific show. Like, you know, very things that are maybe unique um, or, you know, to the world of of Buddy the Elf. Yeah. And, of course, Val is fresh off of uh, the fantastic You Can't Take It yeah, With You. great show. And just the willingness uh, for somebody like Val, with her experience, just to step in and perform any role. She's helped with costumes and this mm-hmm. and that for a lot of different shows. That is the, uh, the really the consummate yeah. lyric player is somebody that uh, doesn't always have to be in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then for uh, the set at uh, construction, we, we sell the incomparable Jimmy you know, helping oh, us yes. out because he's, and I am crazy and, uh, he has risen to the challenge. <laughs> now I assume that there's a whole set being built that we can't see somewhere. Maybe. Yes. Well, we have, um, the children's show that's performing Correct. Yeah. right before our show. So our set's having to be built in the shop or mm. in the alley. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Part of my design was having that in mind, being able to do it in a small space and then just bring it in when it was time. Yes, so. yes. Yeah, Jimmy and Chris Henry, uh, yeah. in, indispensable, yes. both of them, to the lyric. Definitely. And, and I'm, I'm sure that uh, Chris will probably lend a hand with Jimmy back there also. Yep. Okay, let's talk about the cast itself now for Elf, which takes the stage again December 3rd, runs for two weeks. Yep. Yeah. Um, Buddy the Elf, played by Matthew McNeese, who, you know, at one time, Matthew was in just about every production here yeah, at the he Lyric. Yeah, he had taken a long hiatus. Yeah. So yeah. I feel pretty honored that he chose to come back. Because really, this is exactly Matthew's personality, right? We're going <laughs> to <laughs> He's such an extrovert. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, he is if you know him. Like we, uh, when you're when you're around him a lot, he kind of is, but he's very selective about who he's extroverted to. But yeah. No, and he, I love watching him as Buddy because he brings something different each rehearsal, and tries it, which is what I ask all my actors to do to just constantly make choices because eventually, what's going to happen is. Something's going to click, and it's going to be brilliant. Yeah, He's good at little nuances, which shows how talented he is. It's mm. all those tiny little things yeah. that an actor does that brings a character from being believable to just, you know, completely realistic. And as goofy and crazy as Buddy is, like, I believe him 100% because of all those tiny little things. We've got this guy. Uh, his name is Jonathan Harvey. Yeah, yeah. He's playing Walter, who, if you're familiar with the movie, that's the James Conn role. Yep. That is Buddy's dad. Yes. And you're speechless. <laughs> <laughs> he makes me sick. He's so good. It's not fair. Some of us have to work hard, and then just Jonathan opens his mouth. I know. <laughs> I know. He's, he's so good in everything he's in. He just, you know, he's one of those that just gives it that air of legitimacy. I know, right? Yeah. Um... um Speaking of family, uh-huh. Jill Underwood plays Emily. 
um, Walter's wife, yes. Buddy's stepmom, and she's step-mom. she's so excited about this role. She's doing so good. I've been I've I've been excited. I w- I was so glad to give her this opportunity. She's really talented, and I was like, yes, I'm gonna give her this shot. Okay. She's hilarious. I love her. Okay, Renee Blackstock. I think the last time that she was on stage with us was for Joseph. Yes. Which is two. well, was Bally last night a Bally who after that? I, I don't know. But Joseph was her last musical. Yes. So yeah. But to have somebody, another one of those mm-hmm. people that are just, it's people like Renee. Jonathan, that make it possible for people like me that don't have that experience to go up there. You know, I always say my job is not to destroy the illusion, you know, so the real actors can shine, you know. You're and, a real actor. <laughs> and that is Renee, you know, when she opens her mouth to sing, mm-hmm. it's just that beautiful operatic voice. Now, this is an opera, but, you know, she can do it all. Yeah, and, and what's fun is her big song is very, like, jazzy torch songish uh-huh, and it's yeah. really fun to hear her sing in that style because she does have a very like you say like classically trained voice mm-hmm. and she's killing it so i mean it's really fun to watch her now this is kind of some unique casting here now yes. for the role of michael the son the the younger brother to mm-hmm. buddy we've got uh, abby diaz yes this was out of necessity, but I was kind of thinking that I was going to go this way anyway. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have very many boys audition that could sing in the range right. of Michael. Yeah. Um, because most of the boys that are at the age of Michael have already uh, changed yeah. <laughs> their voice. Either that or they're too <laughs> self-conscious to right. do it. And Abby has a beautiful voice, and I've worked with her the last couple of summers, and she's just, she has no shame, which is what you want with an actor. Like, she just does it. And um, so she was was the perfect fit for Michael. She is going to be fantastic. I've really enjoyed watching, getting to watch Abby work, and I know that that Jill and Abby get to play off of one another. Yes, and they work so well together. You would not, uh, the first rehearsal I had with them, you would not have known that they had known each other before. Like, yeah. It was just instantaneous. So, The real Santa <laughs> is played by Frank Nelson. Yes. I had the pleasure of working with Frank and Odd Couple. Tell me about Frank and Santa. So Santa is very sarcastic yeah. and tongue-in-cheek. Uh-huh. That's Frank. Yes. That is Frank, it unlike is Frank. Matthew, um, which I was... Yeah, so it, it was perfect. But there's also a lot of, like, warmth, and Frank's eyes dance, and I needed that. Yeah. And so it was it was perfect. Um, Deb. Now, who is Deb in the... Deb is the bubbly secretary okay, that yes. works for the publishing company, and... Maggie is Deb. Like, in real life, Maggie is Deb. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. I know that because I work with her every day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I love Maggie Yantis here. And, uh, you know, because Maggie's in it, you know, her dad we'll talk uh-huh. about here in a minute. Dad's in it, too. And it's just great to uh, – all the Yantises now have been on stage. Yes. You know, uh, I got to work with uh, Ren and um, Kate in Greece. So when I got hired as the assistant principal job, I was sitting in the principal's office, and it was – the end of april and my principal said we hired we hired the the chemistry teacher and i was like oh we did and he goes yeah it was, it's maggie yantis and i looked at him and i was like what <laughs> and and it wasn't because i was upset about the choice i suddenly felt very old because i watched maggie in one act play it early when she was in high school and i was uh-huh. like this is impossible. She's not old enough to be uh, yeah. teaching yet, right? Yeah. And so, but she is. <laughs> All right. Next, we have that man that delivers your favorite line. Yes. The manager, Ricky Jones. Ricky. He has grown so much. I know. And he 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 came to me after I cast him, and he was like, "I'm so nervous. I'm going to mess this up." And 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 I was like, "Ricky, you really are are amazing. Like you yeah. have become quite a performer, and yeah." You need to believe in yourself. And he's so funny. And he does all these little things. And it is like, I just laugh. He walks on stage and I just start laughing immediately. Like, it's just funny. Uh, Mr. Greenway, uh, played by our mayor, Stephen Haynes. Now, I believe this is Walter's boss, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So in the movie, it's Peter Dinklage. Okay. Uh, so the... Yeah, the he, midget. Yeah, the, 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 little, the little, little person. person. Yeah. Sorry, excuse me for not being politically correct there. <laughs> I think for the sake of performance-wise, they changed that a little bit so that they could open it up to, you know, other people. But Mr. Greenway's definitely um, a... 
Scroogey character. Yes, he is. Yeah. We, don't, we don't like Mr. Green. No, but, and Stephen, I know he's not like that in real life, but man, he he makes it seem like he is. <laughs> <laughs> and now we get into those people who did accept the multiple roles, unlike yours truly. You oh, didn't. It's all right. uh, we've got the, I'm, I'm so glad that uh, Jake Bowren, a Howard Payne graduate in theater i got to enjoy jake and howard Payne productions mm-hmm. i'm just so glad that he's uh, been willing to stick around brownwood and lend his yes. talents yes playing charlie fake santa number three matthews who i get to work right. with and also an ensemble member so you'll see a lot of uh, this tall drink of water on stage yes and he won't always be tall no he? he's not always <laughs> tall <laughs> And now also gotten to enjoy Jacob, too, Jacob yes. Bierman. He's one of many in this cast that are new to our stage. Yes. And that's what excites me the most about this cast is there's a lot of newcomers, and we needed that. So, so Jacob's playing an elf. He's a fake Santa, too. Mm-hmm. He plays Jim, another office worker. Yes. And uh, this is what really kind of made me feel good. I finally got a chance to talk to Jacob at a music rehearsal. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, you're... The Paul Underwood, the, the the host of the podcast. He said, that's listening to that podcast is what made me want to audition. That's perfect. For the show. Because yes. he said, everybody you talk to, you know, you'll ask the question, you know, what would you say to somebody who's thinking about auditioning? Mm-hmm. And I guess Jacob was on the fence and he kept hearing people say, go for it. It'll be the best thing ever. Yeah. And yada, yada, yada. So I'm going to take some credit for Jacob Beerman. You should. Because <laughs> let me tell you, um... I, after a rehearsal, I said, are you sure you've never done this before? And yeah. he's like, yeah, I've not. And I was like, you can't tell. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing a great job. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that uh, that we may have uh, Jacob to call on. I think so, too. Yep. Okay. Moving on here. We've got another one here. Edward Yantis, who certainly looks like he could be the real Santa, but yes. he's a fake Santa. He's, the fake, he's a fake Santa. Yeah. Edward is just the master of the one-liners in rehearsal. Love working with Edward. His personality is one of my favorite types of personality where if you don't know him, you're like, is that guy joking? But then, yeah, he totally is. You just, as soon as you learn that he's kidding, then, you know, it's it's great. Tori Choate. She is one of, I just watch her, especially when she's dancing. Yeah. Oh, she's incredible. Yeah, she doesn't think she can dance, but I don't Tor- know Tori why. can do anything she's, she puts she's, her mind to. She's ignorant to her talents because she's incredible. Um, another Turner, Shannon Turner, yes. Doug's wife. And, uh, you know, I'm going to lean on Shannon quite a bit for my choreography because I'm right <laughs> next to her. So, Shannon, <laughs> thank you for that. And thanks for uh, every production that Shannon's in. Yes. She was one of, the, when, you know, we did Fiddler on the Roof together. Yes. That was our first lyric show. Yeah. And, you know, Shannon got to be the other ghost um, mm-hmm. with me. And so she and I have, have um, I've been waiting for a long time to work with her again. Kayla Furry. Kayla does so much up here at the Lyric, whether it's in our concessions department or painting sets. And uh, this is what I know that she she truly loves being on stage. Yeah, I love her. She's great. Jen Evitz, another one of those Mm -hmm. that uh, every time a show runs around, Jen is is willing to lend her talent. Yes, and uh, she's got some great lines as well, and she's just a joy to watch. We've got the Greaves family. Looks like you've got Sandy, uh, Devin, Devin, and Hannah yes. all in the show. Yeah. Uh, I, now, are they Bangs folks? They are Bangs folks. Okay. So uh, I, I, that, that, that doesn't mean anything. I'm, no, ooh, yeah. they're oh, Bangs. They're Bangs people. people. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I've I've actually directed Hannah since she was nine. Yeah. In Aladdin Junior when we did it, and so I've had her. As in the summer musicals yeah. for the kids, but then she became officially became my student last year when she was a freshman, and then Devin is now a freshman, um, and then of course I've you know been around. Her. This is her mom's first show. Uh, in fact, there we've got several families in this show, which is the best because everybody's just together. You know, it's great. That is the best. Skylar Wells yes, plays and she, uh, another one of those elves. you got to have a lot of elves for elves. Yes, we have to have a lot of elves. But she's also uh, related to Doug and Shannon. That's so, right. Yeah. 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 So. I don't want to leave anybody out. You've got Allison Diaz, Ramey Taggart, Caspian, Leach, mm-hmm. um, Archie, uh, Mum Mm-hmm. I just see all those girls and, and just thinking about how much fun they're having on stage and just the smiles and the help with the ensemble. 
great singers, all of them, too. Yeah. That's what it's going to take to really make this a memorable show. Yes. How does a director make a difference in a show? Is it that cast list? That's a huge part yeah, of it. Yeah, casting is, is probably the hardest part. But if you get it right, three quarters of your job is done for you. Yeah. Because a really good cast that is paired well together. You know, you could have an incredible cast and they're paired wrong. Yeah. And it doesn't work. Right. But you could have some of the best actors in the world. And if they're paired wrong it doesn't work yeah which we've seen in like movies where just like oh this should be awesome and you're like oh, yeah. this did not work yeah. out you know yeah, just uh, the age appropriateness is not quite right you know or, or you can tell they don't like each other yeah. Yeah. yeah but no um the biggest part is casting because it's in- integral to the yeah. success i look back to you can't take it with you and that was the main thing i walked away thinking mm-hmm. is that thing was just cast Magnificent. Yes. You know? And I think this show will be the same. Mm-hmm. So um, cast list is a huge deal because, you know, seldom do people walk away saying, you know, that was really great directing. I yeah. Mean, Billy Harvey's not up there holding the baton. Correct. So do you watch plays and musicals? Because you're a fan. Do you watch them differently? I do. Um, I either watch them to steal ideas, yeah. which is totally legal. <laughs> um I watch theater for the same reasons reg- other people do. Regular people. <laughs> <laughs> there, um, it, it came out. Yeah, I didn't mean it like that. I promise. Uh, you know, you, you, you watch it because you want to be transformed. You know, you either as a human being. Yeah. Or you want to be transplanted to somewhere else because you're, you know, going through some stuff. I also watch it as a technician and as a director as an actor and I pay attention to little things that not necessarily everybody else does like we watched the vertical hour on Broadway yeah and Bill Nighy and Julianne Moore were in the cast and I was just mesmerized by Bill Nighy had this little tick that he did with his fingers yeah he would when the way he'd pick up a coffee cup and like ripple his fingers or when he was on the table or he picked up a pencil. And so it's like little things like that I love to pay attention to. And mm. sometimes I like lose part of the story because I'm watching <laughs> all the little ticks. Yeah. I love paying attention to detail, like the Broadway revival of Guys and Dolls we watched in Dallas. And I'm paying attention to the costumes and how everybody was color coded. Yeah. Um, and then the lapels, they had this trim on it and it connected with their boutonnieres. <laughs> and then, and I'm like, I just start like looking at all this stuff and that's just, that's just the way I do it. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, and it's changed throughout the years. When I first started going to theater as a kid, um, till now, like and where I am in life, what yeah. I focus on too. Yeah. So. How much fun is it to have somebody so knowledgeable as your husband to talk about stuff like that after the shows are over. Oh, we don't wait till the show is over. <laughs> We're those people. Yeah. So I'll be like, oh my God, did you see that? And he goes, yeah, yeah. And then we'll be talking about the show. And I'm like, I'm sure everybody around us is like, well, these people just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also a crier. Yeah. And I cry I like it, it just when things are beautiful, not necessarily the story or right. the performance, which we'll sometimes do. But like, I'll get caught up in like, oh my god that was amazing just the, the tech of it yeah uh like okay this is so nerdy but we were at disney world and we watched the finding nemo musical yeah which was a full-on broadway production <laughs> right it's like 45 minutes long yeah i started crying because <laughs> mr stingray comes out and it's this beautiful bicycle puppet and i was like that is so brilliant and i just start crying because <laughs> i'm a nerd i've got tissues over there no. you notice i've got them handy <laughs> But I do. I cry at the stupidest things. It's like, but it's just beautiful. And I, I just react to like how brilliant someone's work is. And yeah. How do you measure yourself in productions that you're in charge of? Oh, um, that's, it's a, that's an odd question because, you know, as a direct, up until right now, as a director, I had two different hats. I had fall production hat and then I had competition hat. Yeah. So measuring myself, uh, how far I would advance would be to me, and I, and I shouldn't right. be this way, right. but I would take it personally. Like if we didn't get as far as I thought we should, then it was something wrong with me, and I would mm. take that personally as a director. And I should not weigh my my you know 
success with my talent. Yeah. Because, you know, one act play is, is a luck game. Yeah. Right yeah. show, right audience, right judges, right day. You know, like yeah. stuff that some a lot of times isn't in your control. Yeah. But the other is if everybody had fun and the audience loved it, then I feel like I did my job. So it just depends on which. which. But now that I don't have that pressure, now I'm a judge. So yeah. oh, I guess that's a different kind of pressure Ooh, now. In the judging scene. Yeah. In fact, I have my first one next week. Oh, boy. Yeah. Can you think of the, a moment in your directing career where maybe you've been most proud? Oh, let's see. Um, yeah. I had this student, and he... Um, was my stage manager and this was the first year I advanced to state and this kid's both parents are in prison mm. being raised by grandma and grandpa he uh, his other siblings are wild but yeah. he chooses um state uh, only recognizes one tech award period so you have all these – you have Honorable Mention All-Star Cast, All-Star yeah. Cast, Best yeah. Performers, and then Samuel French Award. They only give one tech award, period. Mm. And he got it. And what year was that? How, how long 2017. Ago? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And uh, and then the next time we went to state, we got it again oh my. with a different student. Um, yeah, so great. tech is super-duper important to me. Mm. But watching him, knowing where he came from mm. and what he goes through – yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. I had uh, Darlene Irvin on, and you know, she had a similar story. Yeah. You know about a guy, and she, you know, she identified the moment on stage where this individual's whole life yes. changed. You know, you probably listened to that. Yeah, so. I did. I did, and I and I've had those moments, and yeah. Yeah. Um, have your aspirations approached your real life? That's another way of saying, what did you want to be when you grow up? I guess. Um. I never thought I'd be an administrator, so, uh -huh. but I know exactly the moment that I wanted to do theater for my life, and that was when I was in the fourth grade. My parents took me to a production of Fiddler on the Roof at the high school. My cousin was in it, yeah. and I remember sitting there going, I don't know what this is, <laughs> but I want to do it, Yeah, and I did, and so I fulfilled my aspirations, so where I am in right now in life is a place that I swore I would never, ever be. Yeah, All through education, I was like, I will never go to the office, <laughs> ever. I will always be a teacher, Yeah, and so now I am completely reneging on that promise, well, and I'm in the office, and I love every second of it. Well, so. That's great. That's yeah. great. Billy, you are genuinely funny. You have this voice that you do that's different, and you do it a lot. Um, where did that come from, and have you named your alter ego person? No, I... <laughs> Jonathan has, but I, I don't. I just, I make noises, and I say things weird. I even do it when I'm disciplined kids. Yeah. I'm going to make you self-conscious about it now. I don't mean to, but it, it's it's really endearing, and it's funny, and I love it. I don't know. I just, um, I think it's a self-confidence thing is why I started doing it. Um, if I could, if I was funny, then what I was saying would come across better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I've, I've done it. I've been that way, you know, for... I guess my whole life. I just, I'll, I'll sing talk stuff. Uh -huh. Like I'll be walking the hall and be like, what's up? And then I'm like, <laughs> and then there's this one particular student. I sing her name every time I see her. I'm yeah. like, Shumara. And then she's like, hey, Harvey. But like, I just make noises and, and I guess Jonathan calls it my target lady voice. Okay. Right. I don't know. I'm all like, hi. You know, like, <laughs> I just, it's, I'm, that's one of my quirks, I guess, or oh, my tics. Yeah, I love it. Um, any hobbies out there besides theater? Or are you just any time for it? Uh, any time. Tom. Yeah. Uh -huh. I don't know what time is. Um, we we got to mention your mother to Sam. Yes, Harvey too, I am a mother. And, you know, and, and it's part of thinking about that boy's future mm -hmm. that led you into higher aspirations yes. educationally, I'm, I'm sure. So Yeah, the fact that I get to be home. Yeah. Well, let me rephrase that. I'm still doing a whole lot. It's not like I'm just home by 4 o'clock. Um, no, I get to spend more time with him and the fact that I'm on his campus and I get to see him every day, which is the best. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he loves that, too. He does. <laughs> you would think he would. And you'd think like an almost 14-year-old would be like, oh, my God, my mom is the principal. 
He, but no, he'll be walking down the hall and he'll give me a hug. And I'm oh. like, yay. Oh, that's nice. I'm still cool. Yay. Um, so what other hobbies? Oh, when we have time, I love to go camping. Okay. But we haven't been able to do that in a while. Yeah. Um, if I find a really good book, uh, I have a, a yearly summer tradition of rereading all seven Harry Potter books every oh summer. Gosh. And I've been doing that. <laughs> For a long time. I don't know why. Or if, like, I don't have time to read, I'll listen to the audiobooks, uh-huh. and so I'll be cleaning house or working yeah. on homework or something yeah. like that. So, yeah. Um, okay. I ask this question to a lot of people. Uh-huh. All right. If you had that magic wand, what production would you like to see the lyric do? Oh, man. Or have they already done it? Or... I like some weird stuff. Yeah. That probably Brownwood would <laughs> came off really weird. But you're into some really weird <laughs> It involves nudity on stage. No. <laughs> um I Jonathan and I are very different when it comes to our theatrical taste. So he's very like musical theater and I'm very like dark and yeah. like Yeah. Um depending on when where I was in life when you asked me that question. Mm-hmm. Like, if you'd asked me that question when I was 21, yeah. I'd be like, yes, we need to do Marat Sod. Of course, everybody in this town would hate that show. <laughs> um, we're going to force it down their throats. Yes, we're going to watch this historical insane asylum play. <laughs> yeah. And we finish and you hear this in the audience. I, I don't even think that people in Brownwood would do that. I think they would just sit there like, <laughs> what did I just watch? Um But honestly, right now, I wish that we could do the show that we're going to do my reading from. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we'll just, we'll save yeah, that. Yeah, we'll save it. Now, I think this summer you got to play one of your dream roles, I think. Honestly, um, I'm still shocked that I even got that, that role. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not shocked. But I Yeah, no, um, I will be honest. When I auditioned, I was like, I'm just going to be Greek woman number five. Um, <laughs> and that's fine because I'm going to have fun. Yeah, uh, and you had, you had other responsibilities too. So Yes. Yeah, in that show. You know, I had you on for the podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, I mentioned that you were kind of becoming Donna because she was just so, um, you know, so harried the whole time and stressed out. Yeah. And I could see that in you because of all your responsibilities <laughs> in the show. And you corrected me, and you said, no, Donna's my mom. That was my mom. Yeah. Whew. Still feel that way? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. She's, um, she was an incredible woman. She... Uh, even up until her second battle with cancer, she was working two jobs. Because wow. um, she just always wanted to give as much of herself. And uh, that probably was the detriment to her health, you know, yeah, for, yeah. for doing that. But um, she's always been a hard worker. And so I just gleaned that from her. Yeah. So you just put your nose down and you do it. Mm. That's well, the you way I was raised. did her proud in that show. Oh, thank you. It was fantastic. And I don't want to get you all emotional again because I've already done that. So. <laughs> Um, when you are on stage, and you, you did say you'd rather direct than act, but mm-hmm. you're a great performer. Thank you. Any rituals that you have on perhaps right before you go out or anything? Um, I try to warm up because mm-hmm. um, that's really, really important. It's, it's no different than an athlete. You know, you need to stretch. Um, I look over my script over and over and over again. You might have seen me during Mamma Mia. I would be in my like script. Right before I'd go on. Oh, yeah. Because I'd, I'd panic. I'd yeah, like, I'm that way, too. I was like, oh, my gosh, I forgot what I'm supposed to do. Uh-huh. And then I'd be like looking, 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 looking. And I was like, oh, it's my time. And I'd put it down. And I had my script, like, stashed in different places, depending mm. on what part of the show is. But I, that's every show. <laughs> I always have a script stashed because I I have a panic attack and think that I don't I don't know what I'm doing. And then I go out there, and it's like, I don't know why I was panicking. Like, yeah. every night I'd be like, yeah. tomorrow night's going to be different. Right. I'm not going to panic. Yeah. Psh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Flipping through my script. So, yeah, that, um, I don't know. I just kind of just, I like to just hang out with the cast. And yeah, yeah. Um, this is another thing we talk about a lot, because everybody loves to hear the stories about when things go terribly wrong. <laughs> um, any Anything come to mind, Billy? Anything come to mind. Okay. Well, you were there for this uh-huh. one. Yeah. Um, so I want to op- hear it from you, though. <laughs> uh, opening night of Fiddler on the Roof. I'm yeah. playing Fruma Sarah, which is the evil ghost. Yeah, this was a lyric production, the, I think, 2007. Yes. And yeah. we did it at the high school because mm-hmm. this theater was not available No, yet. it wasn't. So uh, Shannon uh, Turner and I were, were playing the ghost in the song The Dream, mm-hmm. uh, Tevia's Dream. And so they had built this cart that had a guy inside of it. Is Danny was his name, I think? Yeah, I think Danny, Danny. Gonzalez was driving this yes. thing. And, and you think about it, 
a, a tall wooden oil derrick is That's what kind of exactly, comes to mind yes, on rollers. Yes. Um, so Shannon was in white, so hers, she had extra fabric that would Velcro, so it looked like she was floating in the air, uh-huh. you know, like a ghost. Mm-hmm. And then when it was my turn, they would rip off the, the white, and they would put on black. Yeah. And so it was lace, so Danny could see through it. Yeah. And we have practiced this thing over and over and over uh-huh. and over again. And at, so I'm coming out, and the bed is spinning because it's heavy as a nightmare, yeah. you know, and all of y'all are like, woo. <laughs> running around <laughs> and I'm not sure what happened I just know that um, I hear a crack and from 15 feet in the air I go splat and um, I roll out of the <laughs> cart and I'm just like you're it's there's an audience so I just popped back up and you can Didn't tell you make like some spooky face or something yes. <laughs> And then I completely like ran around, jumped up on the bed and just did my thing. And you could totally tell that I'm wearing University of Michigan basketball shorts. Um, so the song's over. I get off and I run off and I'm like, Woo! you know, because I don't know what else I'm supposed to do. And I remember going straight back to the dressing room because Shane and I are having to rip our wigs off and take off our makeup and put makeup back on yeah. because we have to be out for sunrise, sunset and right. Nancy Joe and Larry Mathis are sprinting mm. into the dressing room asking if I'm okay. Now, were you? Were you hurt? I was hurt, but I didn't know because my adrenaline was uh-huh. just going. Yeah. And then um, it wasn't until after the show um, I realized that I was hurt. And so it looked like somebody had beat the front of my thighs with <sighs> baseball bat. But everyone thought I flew down. <laughs> they were like, that, that didn't really happen. And um, so, no, yeah, it, uh, and, and also if you would like to watch it, um, (laughs) Dylan, uh, Evans had recorded that evening and put it on YouTube under the the name Fruma Takes a Fall. Fruma (laughs) Takes a Fall. And yeah, Yeah. it it was fuzzy 2007 video, but you can certainly make it out and you can make out that fall. The best part is watching Jonathan in the video, like. What? What's going on? And then I pop up. He's like, yep, she's okay. And then he just keeps going. <laughs> but y'all didn't miss a beat, man. Y'all were like, let's just do it. Oh, man. Yep. Yeah. I remember that well. That is an all-timer. Kind of right up there with, uh, you know, Kasia told the story about running off stage. I don't know if you listened yes, to that podcast. Yes, yes, I did. Yes. Okay. Now, you've been, and we hadn't even been over your... Uh, your bio. You did a whole bio of all the shows. I'm just going to ramble through these really quick. Okay. All the community theater stuff you've done. Just for here. I didn't post over. Yes, yes, yeah. 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 Uh, Fiddler on the Roof, Guys and Dolls, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor, Dreamcoat, 9 to 5, Mama Mia, <sighs> Spam a Lot, Sleeping Beauty, Frozen, Peter Pan, Beauty and the Beast, Jungle Book. Anyways, you've been in a ton of productions. Community theater. Yes. We're going to go through, Billy, the 14 signs that... Perhaps you've been in community theater too long, okay? Okay. I'm going to let you read these, okay? Okay. Go through them. All right. Number one, you use jazz hands, ironically, to land 50% of your jokes. (laughs) Oh, this is so true. Um, You have no age-appropriate friends. Now, that is, that's the beauty, I think, of community theater. No, it's the best part. Yeah, because I've become friends with people I have, you know, there's no way I'd have been friends with, you know, through community theater. Correct. Yeah. Uh, three, somewhere on your resume, it says you move well. <laughs> uh, number four, you have more than one story about that time you almost died on stage. Okay, we've talked about the one. Yes. Is that the only one where you No, really I've had some a couple of other things. <laughs> yeah. Um, number five, you lack any concept of personal space. Yeah, if you are like a germaphobe, maybe... Then don't do theater. Don't no. do theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, number six, you'll pretty much get naked anytime, anywhere. <laughs> okay, maybe we won't go that far, but you, you'll get in... I mean, you'll wear spandex and... Oh, yeah, and if anybody had watched backstage during Mom and Mia, you would have seen <laughs> some stuff go down, like trying to get into those costumes that fast, so yeah. <sighs> Number seven, you know pretty much everyone you're auditioning against. That is community theater yes. to a T, isn't yes. it? Yeah. Um, and you can probably cast the show before the day's over. A lot of times, yeah. And that's the fun of it <laughs> yeah. for us, that we, we love to cast the show before auditions. Yes. Yeah. 
eight, none of your normal friends even ask if ask you to hang out anymore. Now that is so true for, yeah. for me and Jill because you know we've been in Brownwood for a long time, had that life even before the, kind of the lyric, mm-hmm. you know. So we do. We have our different yes. friends, you know. And they also know what time of year too, like. Like our friends outside of the theater know that, uh, like the summer, yeah, yeah, we're just probably not hanging out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Number nine, the section of your closet devoted to old costumes is larger than the part with your actual clothes. <laughs> Do you have that section? I used to, not anymore. Uh-huh. Yeah, because. <laughs> See, I've got some because, I mean, that's part, yeah, that's, that's you, part of the you, joy of you're being. You're all in, about that. I know. I love to get my, much to the chagrin maybe of the costumers mm-hmm. sometimes that I like to get on eBay and you know I've, I've got these shirts I bought for Odd Couple and I still have them in my closet and I think well do it, maybe I donate no I'm, there might there might be another <laughs> might show be that I need to wear yes you know this uh, uh, double knit poly rayon you know shirt. in my early days as a director I could have been on hoarders like I mean my <laughs> stuff was in totes or whatever but yeah. you know it wasn't like in a room flattening cats or what but no yeah <laughs> Uh, number 10, you don't even panic at the words Hell Week anymore. Now, you know, we don't call it we that. We don't call Thank it Thank you, Nancy Joe. You know, we, we well, call it I, Tech Week. Yeah, I've, I, I've <laughs> never called it Hell Week. Because uh, if you call it that, then you're kind of, that's, that's your mindset. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. 11, you don't know what your friend's real jobs are, and now you're too embarrassed to ask. Yeah, there's a little bit of that. I still don't really know. What, Jacob Beerman, what do you do? I don't right, know right. what you do. I know do, his wife gonna... works at the center with okay. Jonathan, so uh, I'm gonna, I know more about him. I'm going to make it a point them. to find out, by golly. Okay. 12, you have an emergency stash of tea bags and or lozenges in your glove compartment. <laughs> yes, in my big old purse, I uh-huh. still have throat lozenges. Yeah. Um, 13, if someone coughs near you, you flinch like a bomb is gone off. Now, I think this was actually printed before, you know, pandemic times. Right. But, uh, but no, you can't get sick. I, mean, know, just, I know. And uh, the last one I love, too. Uh, this is true. 14, you get so much fear of missing out mm-hmm. if you're not currently in a show. Yes. Yes. Two thoughts when I went to see You Can't Take It With You. First thought was I was so happy that I got to see that show as an audience mm-hmm. member. And then secondly, I was like, man, I really wanted to be up there yes. because that was such a great show. That's probably the reason why most of the time I choose to audition. I don't care what part I get, but I just want to hang out with everybody. Yes. That's, yeah. that's the best part. Makes it a lot of fun. Yes. All right. Thanks for going through those. Yes. Hopefully you could maybe uh, it's identify. It's kind of like the David Letterman top 10. There you thing. go. Yeah. There you go. Okay. We've reached that moment in the show. Yes. It's the dramatic reading. I've become a script collector over uh-huh. here now. I mean, I've got... Uh, Let's see, what do I have? I've got, of course, I've got Mamma Mia we could revisit, Steel Magnolias, what else? Um, I've got the You Can't Take It With You script, Beverly Hill. I even have the Footloose script oh. here because I think you're going to direct that next summer. Yes, you are. No. Yes, Billy. No. I can't. I have to work during the summer. I can't find a director for Footloose. I know, but now that I'm an administrator, I have to work during. Mm. Administrators don't get <clears throat> summers off, people. Okay, so I have these. <laughs> I have all of these scripts. We can either choose from. Oh, I think you said that you might have brought one. I did. I brought a scene from my favorite play of all time. Oh, wow. A and, modern classic? Um, I wouldn't say it's modern, but it is a classic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I brought a scene from William Shakespeare's Much Ado About Nothing. My what? favorite show of all time. Yes. All right. I hope this is going to be a monologue. It's not a monologue. What? Yeah, it's gonna a scene. You're going to make me read Shakespeare? Yes, I'm going to make you read Shakespeare. And um, <clears throat> this is Act 1, Scene 1. Now, I do have experience mm-hmm. on Shakespeare. You know, I don't want to sell myself okay. short because... In junior high, I played, we did Romeo and yeah, Juliet. Yeah, because that's like the prerequisite everybody's oh, yeah. got to do. So I think, is there like a Mercutio? Mercutio? I think I was yeah. Mercutio. Okay. But I don't really remember any of my lines <laughs> in Shakespeare, but I do remember my cousin, David Grooms. Mm. I think he had the last line in Romeo and Juliet. Oh, so he was the prince? Never was there such a show. What's the line? Uh, it's a rhyme. Yeah, the woe of uh, Juliet and her Romeo. Yes, yeah. I remember that because 
you know, David's even more country than me, and I'm pretty country, <laughs> but to hear, hear my country cousin, sorry, David, he won't listen to this. No, it's all right. Re, uh, recite that line yes. in, the, in the most Texan accent you'd ever heard. And Juliet and her Romeo. Romeo. <laughs> That's my little Shakespeare yeah. story there. Okay, let's talk about much ado about nothing, and I'll try to eliminate my Texas accent. Okay, that's fine. Okay. So, yeah, do you want me to tell you a little bit about yes. this? So oh, Much Ado About Nothing is a comedy by Shakespeare. Okay. Um, so many people have a problem with Shakespeare because they feel like there's so many, like, storylines going on, and they're like, I can't keep up. Yeah. But much Ado yeah. is really, like, you know, cut and dry. Specifically, um, oh, a war between two brothers has just ended. Yeah. And um, so everybody's coming together in what you think is supposed to be, like, unity and happiness. Always such family drama. Either it, because, you know, that's where it usually stems from. Yeah. Uh, so this scene is between Beatrice and Benedict. They have a love-hate relationship. This first scene, uh, you would think that they hate each other's guts. Yeah. Okay. Like, hate each other. But but really they they don't. Oh. oh yeah yeah. So anyway, so uh, Benedict has just gotten back from the war and he's a talker. He likes to talk about himself, and so she um, they just make fun of each other. They just <laughs> constantly make fun of each other. It's the best. All right. Okay, well, we're gonna do this now. We don't even practice. We're yeah, gonna, no. We're just gonna run through this act one, scene one. Yeah. From much ado about nothing. Yes. I wonder that you will still be talking, Signor Benedict. Nobody marks you. What, my dear Lady Disdain? Are you yet living? Is it possible Disdain should die while she has such meat food to feed it as Signor Benedict? Courtesy itself must convert to Disdain if you come in her presence. Then is courtesy a turncoat? But it is certain I am loved of all ladies, <laughs> only you excepted, and... I would, I could find in my heart that I had not a hard heart, for truly I love none. My <laughs> dear happiness to women, they would else have been troubled with a pernicious suitor. I thank God in my cold blood I am of your humor for that. I had rather hear my dog bark at a crow than a man swear he loves me. <laughs> oh, God keep your ladyship still in that mind, so some gentleman or other shall scape a predestinate scratched face. Uh, scratching could not make it worse than twere such a face as yours were. Well, you are a rare parrot, teacher. A bird of my tongue is better than a beast of yours. I would my horse had the speed of your tongue, and so good a continuer, but... <sighs> Keep your way. I, God's name, I have done. You always end with a jade's trick. I know you of old. And scene. And scene. <laughs> How did I do? You did, did really good. Did I? Yeah. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's not easy just to straight up cold read Shakespeare. So. Oh, my gosh. Billy, Harvey, thank you so much. This thank is you. how we spent our extra hour of this Sunday. Yes. I don't know when this is going to air, but we came down to the Lyric Theater. <laughs> I'm surprised that I got you down here on a Sunday. So yeah, because it's, it's my homework day. I know. Yeah. Yes, I'm keeping you from that. No, it's okay. Billy, Harvey, thank you oh, so thank much you. for joining us on Waxing Lyrically. And on behalf of all those Lyric players, we cannot thank you enough for directing this show because there's a lot of people who really depend on the lyric for their sanity mm -hmm. nowadays. You know, it, it's our joy, and we can't do it if we can't find people willing to step up. So thank you very much. Oh, thank you for having me. And uh, I love this place, and I love uh, being a part of it and calling it a family, and it's it's a blessing. Friend and neighbor.
consideration for a woman's feelings. Woman's feelings. Handing over my belongings to a total stranger. Thanks for tuning in to Waxing Lyrically. If you enjoyed today's show, please take time to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And above all, please share it with a friend. This is your friendly announcer, Kurt Schneider, thanking you for your investment in live theater. Goodbye for now. If Marries Laser Wolf I pity them both She'll live with him three weeks And when three weeks are up I'll come to her by night I'll take her by the throat And this I'll give you a title This I'll give you a title This I'll give you a title <laughs> Here's my wedding present If she marries Lazar An evil spirit. May it fall into the river. May it sink into the earth. Such a dark and horrible dream. And to think it was brought on by that butcher. That butcher. If my grandmother cycled, may she rest in peace, took the trouble to come all the way from the other world to tell us about the tailor. All we can say is that it is all for the best and it couldn't possibly be any better. Amen. Amen. <sighs> A blessing on my head, muzzle tough, muzzle tough. Like Grandma Seidel said, muzzle tough, muzzle tough. We'll have a son-in-law like no one ever saw. The tailor muddle comes oil. We haven't got the man. Muzzle tough, muzzle tough. We had when we began. Muzzle tough, muzzle tough. But since your grandma came, she'll marry what's his name? The tailor muddle comes oil. Oh. The, the tailor muddle comes oil. The tailor muddle comes on. The tailor muddle comes on.